Hey ladies, welcome to the Looking Above podcast. It's easy to get bogged down in details of everyday life. If we aren't intentional, our eyes can easily be pulled away from the Lord and we can set our gaze on things of earth. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. My name is Karen Boffman and I'm the women's pastor at New Life Church in Gillette, Wyoming. I believe that our perspective changes everything. So together, we'll be looking above. Hey there, my name is Karen. Welcome to Looking Above. I'm so glad you joined us today. Today is episode 22. It's the last episode in this spring semester for our life groups here at New Life Gillette Church. And so this is going to kind of be our wrap up to this whole series that we've been doing on friendship and doing life together. So we have just had some really great discussions this semester about friendships and the building blocks of friendship and the things that destroy friendships. And I wanted to take just a moment here before we get into today's content and just review what we where we've been over uh, these 12 weeks. I can hardly believe it's been 12 weeks already and we are just about to be into May. So we started by talking about our circles of relationship and our capacity for friendship and the fact that we can't be friends with everyone well. And so we have to really focus on those circles and those people that God has given to us to love and to pour into. And so we kind of talked about priorities and how if we're married, our husband is our priority. If we have kids, they're our priorities. And then we have just a few close friends and then a few friends beyond that. And the circles just keep getting broader. And so does uh, our time. Our time gets less and less the further out that we work through those circles. Then in the second week, I talked with my friend Sarah about loving our friends and how we do that well and how we know more about our friends and we know them and we know how they receive love. We talked a little bit about love languages so that we can best love our friends, not just to assume that they receive love the way that we like to give love. The third week of this series, we talked with my friend Katie about are you the friend that you want and becoming the kind of friend that you want to be. And to do that, we focused, because she's a strengths coach, on strengths and how we really just be our best version of ourselves, but also how we don't expect our friend to be us. We have to let them live into their strengths and who God created them to be. The fourth week, I talked to my friends earlier and we talked a lot about social media and in our phones and how they um, can be used for good, but so often in friendship, they're really taking away from true intimacy. And so many people wouldn't know what's going on in our lives if it weren't for social media and how we need to be more focused on the face-to-face relationship. In the fifth week, I talked a little bit about Valley Girls and how we need to 
develop friendship in the good time so that we have it in the hard times. And that, again, God didn't create us to do life alone, and he didn't create us to do hard times or valleys alone. We're told to bear each other's burdens. And so that means that we walk with each other in the valley. And maybe you have a friend that needs you right now, and you need to step up. Or maybe you need a friend right now, and you need to ask your friends to step into that valley and to walk with you. In the sixth week, I talked with my friend Darcy about offendability and grace and forgiveness in our friendships. And we were all kind of shocked, right, to find out that she is just one of the least offendable people we've ever met. And we all like to think of ourselves as not being offendable. But if we're really honest, most of us take offense so quickly and to so many little things. And as Christians, we're called to not be offendable. So that's something just for all of us to be aware of and to work on and to ask ourselves, you know, why is this offending me? In week seven, I talked with my friend Chris. We talked about fear and courage and introversion and how sometimes we need to step out of our comfort zone and we need to do things that are uncomfortable, but the relationship that comes because of it is such a blessing. Week eight, I talked with my friend Lindsay about how we use our words and she encouraged us, like the scripture says, to not devour each other, to not bite at each other with our words, but to use our words to build each other up. And she used that analogy of the construction or the destruction zone and how we build up or tear down others. In week nine, I talked with my friend Joy and we talked about busyness and how we are all just in this time in history where we are so very busy and we just have so much to do, but that is really affecting our relationships. And the more I think about it, that is probably the thing that is the biggest foe of friendship to me is that I'm so busy that I just don't have time to do relationship. And so the counter to that is intentionality and scheduling it and making sure that friendship happens. Week 10, I talked with my daughter Kalena about conflict and breakdown and the hurt that happens when friendships break down, but then we also talked about how we move on and how we learn from the past so that we're better friends in the future. Last week, week 11, I talked with my friend Brooklyn and we talked about comparison and worth and how sometimes we just invest so much in our relationship that it begins to define us and we can't let our worth be found in friendships because our worth needs to come from God and she encouraged us to really work on our friendship with God first. It has been a whirlwind of an 11 weeks, and here we are in the 12th week, and I can hardly believe that we're already on week 12, but I feel like we've covered so much good content and that my friends are just so wise. I'm so blessed to have them. So today I um, invited one last friend here. I'm gonna let her introduce herself, and we're just gonna kind of wrap it up. So go ahead and let everybody know who you are. Thanks so much. My name is Karen. I am the women's pastor at New Life Gillette Church. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I have four kids, ages 19 to 8. And uh, thanks for having me, Karen. Well, Karen, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. I'm really excited that we're going to get to talk a little bit about what friendship is and what it shouldn't be. 
Absolutely. I'm so, so blessed to be here and I think it's going to be a good discussion. <laughs> All right. Hopefully you realize there's no special guest. It's just me today. I just want to wrap things up and I'm a little silly and giddy sitting in the recording room all by myself. So let's go, ladies. I want to talk about what friendship is and what friendship isn't or what it should be and what it shouldn't be. I just have a few things to discuss and I'm going to ask you a lot of questions today. A lot of questions uh, just for you to self-reflect Uh, to reflect on your relationships, to think about maybe to dream about what kind of friendships you'd like to have, and then maybe to start a prayer journey of praying that God would help you to be this kind of friend and help you to find this kind of friend. So friendship is building each other up. And we talked a little bit about this on the week with Lindsay about encouraging others. So my question to you is, who are you encouraging? Who are you speaking into? So many times I think we get so self-absorbed and self-focused that we forget that we are to encourage each other. And that's a biblical command. You know, that we're told that several times in the New Testament to encourage each other and to build one another up. So who are you encouraging? We have so much power, as I said with Lindsay, to in the in the power of the tongue to encourage others. So who are you encouraging? And then who encourages you? Who is speaking life into your life? And maybe it's not every friend you have, but you ought to have somebody that's speaking encouragement to you, who's speaking life to you. Along with this, who do you pray with? Do you have friends that you can pray with. Now, that is a vulnerable thing, right? To actually pray with someone. But it's so important. And with that, you know, do you have friends that you can reach out to when you need prayer? So some of us have those friends, right? Like you can send that text and say, hey, can you pray for me? This is going on. And you have friends that will do that. But do they also pray with you? Because I think that's the next step then in relationship. And maybe it's up to you to initiate that, to say, hey, I really need someone to pray with me right now. Would you do that? Or for you to pray for your friend and say, hey, I know you've got a lot going on. Could we just spend a few minutes praying together. Prayer can take friendship to such a deeper level. I think the friends that I have that are the friends that I reach out to for prayer, those are my deepest, closest friendships. And there's just something vulnerable about praying together, about stripping down those barriers and whatever hinders us and makes us feel uncomfortable about that. And praying in someone else's presence is a very vulnerable thing to do, and it can really deepen your friendship. Uh, when we talked about Valley Girls, we talked about the fact that we need people who will storm the gates of heaven for you, people who will step in in your darkest moment and go to war on your behalf. That's really important. So do that for somebody. Be someone's Valley Girl, be someone's prayer warrior, but ask someone to do it with you. And a few weeks ago, I went on a trip with a couple of girlfriends and I think that trip took our relationship so much deeper. And it wasn't just because we traveled together and lived together for those five days. But during that trip, we had a couple different opportunities where we felt really compelled to pray together. And they weren't just nice little 
you know, God bless my friend prayers. They were deep, gut-wrenching, ugly cry prayer. I mean, we were sobbing before the Lord on our knees, on our faces, snot dripping out of our noses. It was probably the grossest thing ever. And yet those moments are the moments from that trip that I'll remember with the most uh, affection because I know that God was doing something in our midst and you know, where two or three are gathered, he is there. And there is an intimacy that comes from being together in God's midst. So friendship is building each other up. Friendship is also bearing each other's burdens. And like I said, in the Valley Girls Week, we're not supposed to walk alone. So my question to you is, do you have friends to walk with you? If you were going through something really hard right now, do you have people that would show up? Do you have someone that would bring you a meal? Do you have someone that would take care of you if you were sick? Do you have those people who, if your marriage was failing, you could confide in them and know that it wasn't gonna go anywhere else and know that they were going to pray with you and for you and that they were gonna help you through that situation? We don't walk alone. And so again, when life is good, when we aren't in the valley, that's the time to really cultivate those friendships. But if you're in the valley, you don't have to keep walking alone just because you didn't cultivate those friendships sooner. So find people, pour into relationships. Sometimes actually the best thing we can do when we're struggling is to pour into someone else. It takes us outside of ourselves. It help us, helps us to stop focusing on our self and our own problems and helps us to look outward and realize that there are other broken and hurting people too. So maybe if that's where you're at, you need to start reaching out to others that you see that are struggling and caring for them in the midst of your brokenness. If your friend is struggling, if you have someone in your life that's struggling right now, are you walking with them? Are you showing up? Are you praying for them? Are you praying with them? We're not meant to shoulder things alone. And the scriptural mandate is that we are to bear one another's burdens. We're literally to put our shoulder under that weight and help them to carry it. So find tangible ways to bear someone else's burden. And I know uh, one of the ladies' life groups that just recently has kind of been trying to do this. They had a couple people in their group who've just been struggling with some things. And so I know that they're praying for them. And I know that they put together just an encouragement gift for a couple of these ladies in their group. That's what this is about, right? We're supposed to encourage each other. We're supposed to bear each other's burdens. And that's what they're doing. That's what that looks like. Make it happen. Friendship is also authenticity. And this one is so hard for us, right? We are fearful of being authentic. We are fearful that if someone sees our real selves, they're gonna turn and they're gonna run. We're fearful that if we tell the whole truth, they're not gonna like us anymore or they're gonna think less of us. And I think especially in our social media driven culture, we're all about appearances and how we look. And so friendships have really strayed from being authentic and intimate and honest and vulnerable and transparent because we all walk around with this front up, this social media Instagram face that has to look beautiful and has to be put together. And those are the things we post. 
But do you have friends who have seen you without makeup? Do you have friends that have seen you in your only in the house sweatpants? Do you have friends who have cared for you after a surgery, who've come in and helped you on and off the toilet and washed your hair for you and washed your dishes and watched your kids who have seen you at your worst? You know, I think to my friend Shannon in Pennsylvania and she and I had that kind of friendship. She had uh, brain surgery. And after that brain surgery, I was in her home and caring for her. I took her child to my home and watched her. When her little girl was sick as an infant, I went to doctor's appointments with her and I um, helped give enemas to this little baby. And we were in each other's lives and we were authentic, right? We didn't have to clean up our houses before the other one came over. She came over into my messy house and would start doing my dishes or start putting away my laundry or do other things to take care of me. And I would go into her house and do the same for her. Not so much cleaning because her house was always clean, but you know what I mean? We need to have those friends who are welcome in our homes, even if our home is a mess, even if we are a mess. And like I said, this one is really, really hard, but I think that that's sometimes where that authenticity and intimacy begins is by welcoming people into our mess. As long as we hold friends at arm's length, we're not going to move to that place of intimacy and honesty and vulnerability. We're not going to be able to share the deepest parts of our heart if we can't even share what is on the external, you know, me without makeup, me and my sweats, me and my dirty house with my dirty dishes. We start there. So maybe that's your first action step is to not clean up your house and invite someone into it and say, this is, this is how my house is 95% of the time. And I just want to be your friend and my house doesn't matter. And will you love me anyway? That kind of, uh, that kind of a friendship. So do you have friends who you are honest with? I'm gonna take this a step beyond the messy house and the no makeup to do you have friends who you're honest with, who you can say the truth to? Like This is how I am really feeling right now. And it's kind of ugly and it's kind of human and it's definitely not godly, but I need to share with somebody that I am really struggling and this is how I'm feeling or this is how I'm judging someone or this is how I was really nasty to my kids today. Do you have people that you can be honest with, who you can tell your fears, who you can tell your struggles I think that we are fine far too often. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm good. And I think that that is one of the quickest killers of friendship that there is. When someone says, I'm fine, I'm good, then what I think is, no, you're not. You're either lying to yourself or you're lying to me. And sure, are there moments where we're fine, we're good? Absolutely, but most of us, most of the time, aren't fine and aren't good. Maybe we're ecstatic. Maybe we're great. Well, then we shouldn't say I'm fine. We should say, actually, I am crushing it today. I am so stoked about what's happening. And we need to show the authenticity, the truth of our emotions. But also, I'm not fine. And I'm actually feeling really lonely right now. Or I'm struggling with finding purpose. 
I recently, well, earlier this spring, had a friend who sat down and looked across the table at me and she said that. She's like, I don't really know what my purpose is and I'm struggling with trying to find it. That is authenticity. She probably walked by me in church and said, hey, I'm good. How many times? But then when she sat down and told me that, I thought, okay, this is real. This is friendship. And this is where we build from. So be honest. Don't fake fine. Don't fake that you're fine because that is holding your friends at arm's length and probably they're losing trust in you because they don't buy it either. They know that we live in a fallen world and there's always things, even if it was like your toddler didn't want to put on their shoes this morning or your eight-year-old screamed at you on the way to school and you just hate it when he goes to school angry. Whatever it is, be honest, be authentic. When we hold our friends at arm's length, when we don't let them into our mess, when we don't tell them the truth, I'm gonna be honest with you, that isn't friendship, that's acquaintanceship. That's what we do with acquaintances. But for those three to five people, Remember we said in the circles, you know, you're only gonna have a few close friends. For those three to five friends that are your share everything friends, you don't hold them at arm's length. You don't tell them I'm fine. You don't say you can't come to my house unless it's cleaned up because that's what we do with our acquaintances. And those are the people that we need to be real with, that we need to be honest with, and that we need to invite into whatever it is. So again, you don't have to share everything with everyone, but you should have a few people with whom you are authentic. Build trust with them, maintain trust with them, share with them, allow them to share with you. All right, moving on. Friendships should be refining. Friendships should bring out the best in us, but they should also help us to smooth our rough edges. And this is what life groups should look like. In life groups, we ought to be able to share with each other and push each other a little bit. In life groups, we ought to be authentic, like I said in the last one, and maybe those aren't your three to five closest people, and you're not gonna share everything, but you share some things because this is a place where we can push each other and help each other to grow. So friendships should be refining. Do you have friends who will say the hard things to you? I recently had one friend who called me out on not having Sabbath in my life. I went through a stretch here where I got really busy and I had a few weeks where I was working pretty much seven days a week between work and school and home. And she basically said, Karen, what would happen if you actually just took a Sabbath, if you didn't turn in your schoolwork that day, if you didn't show up to work that day, what would happen? The world would not end. And she was right. She was absolutely right. And so friendship should be refining. We need to have people who are going to say those things. I have another friend who in that same season said to me, you are carrying too much and you need to delegate. And she was right as well. So you need to have friends who are going to be honest with you. Do you have friends who you have permission to be honest with and who have permission to be honest with you. So if you had a bad attitude, do you have a friend who has permission to tell you, hey, your attitude is kind of crappy today and you better watch it. 
Do your friends tiptoe around you? Are they afraid to tell you the truth because it might set them off? You might not know this. <laughs> you might have to ask them, like, do, are you able to say the hard things to me or are you afraid of me? <laughs> uh, that's not an easy conversation to have, but we need friends who feel safe telling us the hard things because scripture tells us that iron sharpens iron, right? One man sharpens another. That is part of our job in friendship is to refine and build each other up, but also to smooth down those rough edges and help us become more like Christ. One more question here. When you're with your friends, are you your best version of you? Or do you have to change who you are to be with them? Or do you have to be someone fake? Do you uh, not be your authentic self or who God has called you to be when you're with your friends? You shouldn't have to change, become someone you're not out of fear. You ought to be able to be who you are, your best version of you. Your friends ought to call out the best in you. So they should be refining you and helping you to be a better you. Next, friendships should bring us closer to God. Do you have friends who share Jesus with you, who point you to the truth when you're believing lies? I have a friend who recently made a mistake and she was just beating herself up over it. So I had to step in and it was just through a text and remind her that if she had asked God forgiveness, then in his eyes, she was already forgiven and she needs to live in that forgiveness and not allow Satan to keep her chained to the past because that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to keep her defeated and from moving on and from living into what God had for her. So it was a simple text that was just a reminder God says, you are forgiven. Your sins were nailed to the cross with Jesus. You are justified and whole and beautiful and spotless and pure in his eyes. And you need to live as if you are, not as if you did this thing that you regret doing. So we need friends who will bring us closer to God, who will speak the truth of the word into our lives when we're struggling. Do you worship with your friends? And I know this is hard for some of us because we go to other churches, but there are still times and places we can find ways to do that. So if you have friends who go to other churches, I invite you to our ladies' night of worship on May 6th. But there's other opportunities like that in our town and you could go to Hills Alive, you could go to, you could go to church together some week. What would happen if you went to your friend's church and sat in worship with her? Worship with your friends. Go to If Gathering, go to other events that are hosted at other people's churches, other people's women's events. Bring a friend on our retreat with us, whatever it is. Worship with your friends. Our friendships should bring us closer to God. And do you study scripture and have spiritual conversations with your friends? Or do your friendships look and sound just like any regular secular friendship out there? When If people would sit and listen to you and your friends talking, would they recognize that you are Christ followers and that you're drawing each other closer to Christ? Our friendships should look different. And the other day I was sitting in my office and two other staff people here were having a conversation and it was a super deep theological conversation where one was struggling to understand something in scripture and the other was speaking into his life. And I loved listening to that. I actually had to close my door because I was eavesdropping a little too much and I needed to do my own work. But I loved hearing that because that's what a 
biblical friendship should look like. We should be helping each other draw closer to God. We should be digging into scripture. We should be bringing our questions to each other and helping each other wrestle with those hard things of faith. Your friendships should bring you closer to God. All right, one last what we should do. Friendships should be fun. And this one is my favorite because I love having fun and I love laughter. Do you have people who make you laugh? Do you have friends that you can be silly with? And I understand not all of us are silly, but do you have friends who you can just deep belly laugh with, whether it's watching a funny movie together or playing a game or just doing something absolutely random and silly? Do you have people who make you laugh? Do you have people that you love to be around that when you walk away, you just feel light and good because you spent time with her? Do you have friends to play games with or to go camping with? And I think oftentimes when we get busy, we talk back to that discussion with Joy and just being so busy, I think this is many times the component of friendship that's lacking. We forget to have fun with each other because our friendships become very transactional, very business-like, very, what do you need, what do I need, let's do this, let's do that, let's pray for each other, check in, that kind of thing, and those are important things. But friendships should also be fun, and I think that uh, Jesus and his disciples had a lot of fun together. I really do. When you read the scripture, it just seems like these this group of guys, they were just laughing and joking and living life and having a blast together. God is the God of joy. Joy is one of the fruit of the spirit. And I think that our friendship should just be filled with joy. So there's so many ways to do that, right? Some of those things I said, go camping, play games, do something funny, go shopping together and just talk and have fun and keep it lighthearted. There's so many ways that we can infuse fun into our friendships. All right, just a couple of things about what friendship is not or what it shouldn't be. Friendship should not replace your marriage. So I do want to remind us that female friendship is very important. As women, we are highly relational, more so than most men. And I know these are sweeping statements, right? There are some women who are less relational and there are some men who are more relational. But in general, women are more relational than men. In general, women are more verbal than men. way more verbal, way, way, way. We talk a lot more. We have a lot more words for what we're saying. We are also more emotional than men. And so therefore, we need female friendship. There are things that we can say to our girlfriends that probably our husbands would roll their eyes at, don't wanna hear, It's not. they're not made for that kind of friendship. So we need female friendship. However, It shouldn't replace our marriage. And we need to make sure that we keep a focus on those circles that we have. And if we are married, that is our first priority friendship. And so we need to be sure that we aren't investing so much in our girlfriends that we're using them as a replacement for our marriage. We need intimacy in our girlfriend friendships, but we also need to cultivate friendship with our spouse. Our girlfriends should complement our marriage. They should add to our marriage. They shouldn't take away from it. So that is just one thing that friendship should not be and we need to be cautious of. Another thing friendship is not, it is not mentorship. 
friendship and mentorship are two different things. There are relationships that are mentoring relationships, but that isn't friendship. Friendship requires a mutuality, a give and take. It is not one-sided. If you are um, going to someone and just going to them for advice and for help and you're just taking from them and you're dumping on them and you're getting advice from them and you're just you're constantly picking from them right I, my friend Tara told me this example of trees right and if we're all trees that there are people who pick from our tree there are people whose tree we pick from and then there are mutual pickers, people who you pick from them and they pick from you. And I think of that mutual pickers, those people that you pick from their tree and they pick from your tree. That's an image of friendship. But when you have someone who you are constantly picking from, dumping on, taking advice from them, taking things from, needing them, that is not friendship, that is mentorship. That person is a mentor or an advisor in your life. If you aren't giving back to them almost equally what they're giving to you, you need to assess, is this person actually my friend or is this a mentor? And mentors are important. That is an important role and I have people in my life that are my mentors and I have people in my life that I mentor. But that isn't friendship. Friendship is mutual. Friendship is you check on them and they check on you. You encourage them and they encourage you. You walk with them in the hard time and they walk with you in the hard time. That's friendship. It's a mutuality. It's not one-sided. So do you have people that you pick from but don't really give to? Those are your mentors. Likewise, do you have people that just pick from you? If they're just picking from you and they're just needing you and they're just receiving from you and they're taking your energy but they aren't giving you anything in return, again, that is probably a mentorship. You are mentoring that person and that is great if you can be that for someone. But you also need friends. You also need people who is a mutual relationship who's giving back to you. So friendship is not mentorship. They're two different things. And lastly, Friendship should not be a breeding ground for sin. We need to be cautious that our friendship doesn't just become a place where we can complain, criticize, judge, and gossip. Lindsay and I discussed in our podcast the need to vent. Sometimes we need to say something, but again, we need to be cautious in that because Venting can quickly turn to complaining, can quickly come to bitterness, and our bitterness affects our friends, and then they become bitter, and we all start to have this sour attitude towards someone else. So in our friendship, we shouldn't be breeding sin. We shouldn't be speaking in unrighteous manner. So when you're with your friends, are you living righteously? Are you speaking righteously? Do your friendships help you to live more like Christ? And maybe they don't right now. And I am not judging you. And I'm not saying, oh, you should feel so bad. I'm saying, take note. These things are all things for us to just take note 
take a little bit of an assessment of our relationships and try and do better, try and be healthier in the future. Maybe you're even in a life group that's just kind of become a complaining place or a place where everybody just moans or beats up the pastor and talks about how they didn't like the sermon. I don't know. That's not what friendship should be like. It's okay to say, I struggled with this, or I didn't understand this, or this person did this, and I'm really not okay with it. But then in our friendship, we don't take that and keep heaping on insult and tearing people down and letting it grow and fester and become sinful. We then turn each other back to Christ. We look at the truth. We encourage each other. We help each other to grow, like I said, refining each other. So friendship should not be a breeding ground for sin. There are plenty of verses like those in Romans chapter 14 that say, do not judge one another or do not live in such a way that you cause another believer to stumble and fall. So when you're with your friends, the other piece of this is being cautious that you are loving each other and not being a stumbling block in your friend's life. For instance, if you know that your friend has a certain conviction about something, we're called in that passage in Romans 14 to not do that thing around that friend. So say you and your friend used to watch I don't know, Grey's Anatomy together. And you used to get together every week and you'd watch Grey's Anatomy. And then at some point, God convicted her and she felt like she really shouldn't watch this show anymore for whatever reason. Maybe just watching those doctors falling in and out of bed with each other all the time was just causing her to have temptation. And so God convicted her and she felt like she needed to stop watching this show. According to that passage in Romans 14, in love, you shouldn't invite that friend to watch that show anymore. And you probably shouldn't even talk about that show that in front of that friend, because you know that it was a stumbling block to her. It was something that was causing her to sin. And she's trying to live righteously now. And maybe God hasn't put that same conviction on your heart and you feel fine watching that show and it's not causing you to sin. That's fine. Watch it on your own time. But then out of love, we don't discuss that with that friend. We don't throw it in her face. We don't have those discussions in front of her because we don't want to cause her to sin. So our friendship should not be a breeding ground for sin. They should be a place where we become more righteous. All right. I've said a bunch of things that friendship isn't and a bunch of things that friendship is, and I'm going way over the time I wanted to spend on this. But I just want to encourage you, do some self-assessment, do some friendship assessment, look into ways that you can continue to grow godly, good friendships that are going to build you up and build someone else up where you can go deep and be intimate and live the way that God has called us to live. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for listening these 12 weeks. Thanks for going on this journey with me. I pray that God will bless your friendships and bless them richly. I pray that he will help you to become who he created you to be in friendship. I pray that he will help you to find the friends that you need and the friends that you want and the friends that will help you to grow closer to him. Pray that God will bless your relationships with joy and intimacy and encouragement and love. Ladies, I love you so much. Thanks for listening. Keep looking above and I will see you next season. Thank you.